Hello, and welcome to the Christ Lutheran Church Sermon Podcast. This is Matthew Best. I serve as pastor of Christ Lutheran Church in Allison Hill in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Thanks for being here. If today's message connects with you and what you're going through, brings you inspiration, or offers connection with God, I ask you to please stay on after the message for just a few moments to learn ways to connect with the congregation and the health ministries that we offer. And now, let's dive into God's Word. A reading from Ezra, chapter 1 and chapter 3. In the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, in order to fulfill the word of the Lord spoken by Jeremiah, the Lord moved the heart of Cyrus, king of Persia, to make a proclamation throughout his realm and also to put it in writing. This is what Cyrus, king of Persia, says. The Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he has appointed me to build a temple for him at Jerusalem and Judah. Any of his people among you may go up to Jerusalem and Judah and build the temple of the Lord, the God of Israel, the God who is in Jerusalem, and may their God be with them. And in any locality where survivors may now be living, the people are to provide them with silver and gold, with goods and livestock, and with freewill offerings for the temple of God in Jerusalem. When the seventh month came and the Israelites had settled in their towns, the people assembled together as one in Jerusalem. Then Joshua, son of Jehozak, and his fellow priests, and Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, and his associates began to build the altar of the God of Israel to sacrifice burnt offerings on it in accordance with what is written in the law of Moses, the man of God. Despite their fear of the peoples around them, they built the altar on its foundation and sacrificed burnt offerings on it to the Lord, both the morning and evening sacrifices. Then, in accordance with what was written, they celebrated the festival of tabernacles with the required number of burnt offerings prescribed for each day. When the builders laid the foundation of the temple for the Lord, the priests in their vestments and with trumpets, and the Levites, the son of Asaph, with cymbals, took their places to praise the Lord, as prescribed by David, king of Israel. With praise and thanksgiving they sang to the Lord, He is good, and his love toward Israel endures forever. And all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the older priests and Levites and family heads who had seen the former temple, wept aloud when they saw the foundation of this temple being laid, while many others shouted for joy. No one could distinguish the shouts, the sounds of the shouts of joy from the sounds of weeping, because the people made so much noise, and the sound was heard far away. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Have you ever ordered food? I would hope everybody's hand would go up on that. You, you've ordered food. Why do, why, do you, why do you go and get food? Go ahead. To eat. Why? Because you're hungry, I guess, right? So you order food. Maybe it's your favorite thing. I you know in this neighborhood, I love going to Tacos Mi Tierra. Oh my gosh, you walk in and you just have the smell. Right? And it's amazing. All of the restaurants in this area are just incredible. 
I've never had such good food in my life. And you go, you, you oh, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get, I'm going to get the barbacoa tacos. It's my favorite because I'm hungry. And I order, and I can see other orders coming out. And at the same time, I'm hungry because I'm waiting, and I'm smelling, and I'm seeing other people eating, and I'm seeing all the other wonderful food, and I'm smelling all of this food I've ordered, but I don't have anything in my stomach yet. That is not a fun spot to be in. There's a lot of anticipation, and yet at the same time, there's a lot of hunger, which nobody really likes either. We've got both. We're in an in-between time. You could call it that. There's other times when you have this. You're waiting in a line, whether it's to go to an event, you're at the bank, the post office, whatever the case may be, and you're waiting in line. You're there, and yet you haven't yet taken care of whatever business that you need to take care of. You're in this in-between time. This past week, I was at the post office, and I will tell you, you, you all know, you wait. I swear, I got in there. I needed to get an envelope. There was no one in line. And I thought, oh, wow, did I hit the jackpot? I get my envelope. I write who it's going to. And in that time, there were 10 people that got in line. I'm like, what? How is that possible? And I waited, and I waited, and I waited to take care of. And it's this in-between time that's just not fun. Not only that, but then there's a guy who came up on the side and started talking with the, the, the guy who works there and asking him questions. I'm like, get in line, what are you doing? You can't, you can't just jump in line like that. It's an impatient time. We don't like being in between. Certainly another one is, I, I don't know if you have different things that you suffer from, but you may take medication. Yeah, right? So you take something but it hasn't kicked in yet. And you wait, and you hope, and you wait, and it's not fun. You're in this in-between time of already, but not yet. In-between. We don't like these in-between times, do we? We want, we want it to happen. We want it to be fulfilled. We want that food. We want to take care of what we want to take care of. We want to feel better, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We don't want to be in that in-between time. Our scripture today is all about an in-between time. The book of Ezra is, a, is one of the historical books of, of the Old Testament. It goes in the, in the Jewish Bible, it's Ezra and Nehemiah. Those are two, the two books that are back-to-back. In our Christian Bible, we separate the two. And, and this is also uh, along with uh, Chronicles, First and Second Chronicles, give you a sense of that. In the, in the Jewish Bible, if you were to open up a Jewish Bible, the, the, the first part of what we heard today, this proclamation from Cyrus, that's how the Jewish Bible ends, with the proclamation of Cyrus setting the people free from exile in Babylon, free to go back, to build a temple if they can you know, raise the resources and all that. He's not going to do that for them. 
but he sets them free to go back to Jerusalem. It's this hopeful thing. And what we hear in Ezra is also the reality. There's a lot of in-betweens going on in this passage of Scripture. The very first thing is you have, this is what Cyrus, king of Persia, says. Well, real simple. They were in Babylon, in exile, because of a different empire, the Babylonians. In every empire, they're all the same. And Cyrus conquers Babylon and sets the Israelites free. They are an in-between time, between empires, essentially. Things haven't been firmed up in Babylon. Things haven't been firmed up in this western part of the empire. It's still this kind of wild west area where things are still not settled. It's in-between. We don't know. They, they don't know exactly how to deal with this. It's an uncertain time. It's in between. It has already happened, but it's not yet fully understood what it means to be part of the Persian Empire. They've got to learn that. Another one is, this is an in-between time between the first temple and the second temple. First temple was destroyed by the Babylonians 70 years prior. Cyrus sets them free, go back. They set up a temple, or they set up a, a tabernacle, a, a, an altar. They're setting up an altar on the space where the temple was, and they lay the foundation for the second temple, which is going to take a really long time to build. They don't even have the resources. And it's this in-between time. And they're coming, and you've got two groups of people as well. You've got, you hear this at the, at the end. The, the beauty of this passage of scripture is it does not paint a rosy picture and say, oh, everything is great, wonderful. They were set free and they all lived happily ever after. No. They were set free to go back to Jerusalem, the ones who were in exile. There were people who were still living there. Both are Jews. Both had tried to carry on. The ones who had stayed were poor. They were poor and they had nothing. That is the reason why they were not exiled. They were not stripped up and just taken to Babylon. They had nothing. They were left to die, essentially. But they survived, and they persisted, and they carried on, and they tried to be faithful. And all of a sudden, 70 years passes, and the Jews who were taken into exile are now set free. But as if you know anything about history, people who are oppressed don't make a whole lot of money off of that. They don't have a whole lot of resources. They've been stripped of everything, their status, their wealth, and everything. And they are then sent with nothing. You're free. Go. Go back. Worship how you want. And if you want to build a temple, great. Go ahead and collect it from, you know, anybody that's, that's around who also has nothing. <laughs> and 
but they're free to go back. And so you've got 70 years difference between these two groups of people who are related to each other. Imagine seeing a relative for the first time in 70 years, and you haven't talked to them, you haven't seen them. Maybe it's not someone that you knew if you're not that old, because maybe the people who are in exile, we're talking second and third generation of people who were then born into that. And they have certain expectations and how life is. And now all of a sudden, these people are coming together. They're both Jews. But they're very different. And so what we hear is this in-between time of joy and weeping. There's both. There is both joy and weeping. There's joy at the laying of this foundation of a new temple because it's really exciting. It means we are back. It means that God is present and we want to celebrate that and we want to move forward. And there is weeping because the people who have been there have not had an opportunity to mourn the loss. Traumatic experience of watching a temple be destroyed would be no different than if the capital were destroyed or this church were destroyed or anything that has significance and part of our identity is destroyed and we watch it. And there's no opportunity for any type of public and official way to mourn. It's generational trauma that goes on, that's unresolved. And the people finally, the ones who have been holding on to this, finally have a way to release, to begin to mourn. The beauty of the scripture is it doesn't judge, it just reports. It just reports that there's joy and there's weeping at the same time, and it's so loud, both of them are so loud that you can't distinguish between the two. That's humanity. That's the human story. Joy and weeping at the same time. These are part of what it means to be alive. Joy and weeping. And often we're in between. Sometimes we have both. Sometimes we have a whole range of other things that are going on. And this, I like to say, is where God is. God is in the time of the in-between. God is in all of this, in the midst of the in-between. God isn't in the nice and perfect. God is in the perfect. And we like to think that's where we're supposed to be. But more often than not, we're in the in-between. We're waiting in lines where things are not yet. But already, we're in the midst of pain and we've maybe taken some medication already but it hasn't kicked in yet. We've ordered food, but we're still hungry. We're on our way to visit family or friends, but we're not there yet and we miss them. So much of our life is in the in-between and that's where God is most present, is in the in-between. This is where faith becomes so very important. The opposite of faith is not doubt. The opposite of faith is certainty. You don't need faith if you're certain 
about what's going to happen and how and all of that. Faith is in the midst of doubt and uncertainty, the in-between times when we don't know what's going to happen and how it's going to be resolved. In this, in this passage in Ezra, we have this situation where it's really starting to hint at this, this there's weeping and there's joy at the same time, and what happens immediately after that is we hear the people fight about building the temple. It's a church building project and they fight, go figure. Uh, <laughs> and they fight about it because there's joy and there's weeping and they're having trouble resolving that and trying to make, make one or the other. And it's like, no, you, you, you have both, you have both. And it takes a while to, to go through that until they finally resolve that and they're able to then build and go forward. This is the complexity of humanity. And we're often uncomfortable in these in-between times because we don't feel like we know and we're not in control. Advent is a season in which we're told we're not in control as much as we'd like to be. We're not. We worship the God of the already but not yet. And that's what Advent is. It's a gift. It's wrapped up. Right? This is the perfect season. Many of us have trees and many of us have gifts under those trees or we're going to have gifts under the trees and they're wrapped up and we don't know what they are. In, in our family, the, the, the new tradition uh, that we've started in the last year is that we wrap gifts and we don't say who they're to or who they're from. <laughs> it just builds the extra anticipation and excitement and so we just hand them out and then we, we got, well, who's this guy? Like, we open it up, and we're like, oh, wow. And then it's like, well, who's this actually to? And so it just adds a little extra. It, and it's just uncertainty. We have no idea. And so, you know, it's kind of like maybe the biggest gift is for you, or maybe it's for someone else, or who knows? Or maybe it's just a box that has a small little thing in it. Like, we have no idea. Advent is that. Advent is a season in which we have this gift that is wrapped, and we have no idea who it's for, it's from God, though. And we, and we have to wait. Advent is a season of waiting, of preparation. We've been talking about this each week. It's, this week is at new beginnings. And new beginnings, while exciting, are also a way to mourn what was. Something begins and something ends at the same time. That's what a new beginning is. And we need to take time to celebrate that, but also to mourn what was or what we think was. More often than not, it's not necessarily what was, but what we want to believe what was. That's part of, of human beings. So I want, I want to close with, I found this uh, short article. It was on the Women of the LCA blog, and it's written by a colleague of mine, um, Becca Ehrlich, and, and it was from uh, March 2021. Do you remember what was going on in March 2021? A pandemic, right? And we had no idea what was happening or how long. I remember in uh, March of 2020, when things got started, having I, we my uh, when I was at St. Stephen, my office administrator and I did a bet of how long this would last. And he said two weeks. And I said, uh, at least six weeks. And I had, you know, at least six weeks. Well, I guess technically I was right, although I had no idea, right? 
because uh, we didn't know. We had no idea what was going on. So anyway, so she wrote this, and, it, and it's titled Already But Not Yet. And I want us to listen to this. And yes, she's going to mention COVID-19, but I want us to think about this in the broader sense of life. Because I think this really applies to what is, uh, especially this idea of already but not yet. This is what Becca wrote. The whole world is experiencing the in-between time as we live through the COVID-19 pandemic. Scholars have named in-between times liminal space, a place of transition, waiting, and uncertainty. Occupying liminal space can be unpleasant, marked by confusion and struggle. We recognize that we aren't where we were before, but we also aren't where we're going. It's a tension of being in the in-between, an ambiguous and unclear existence. We have no idea what the future will look like once the pandemic is over, both in our own lives and in our local and global communities. It is an uncomfortable and painful place to be. To an extent, our whole existence as Jesus followers is liminal space. We can see glimpses of God's kingdom on earth, but Jesus has not returned to earth yet. We live in a world where God's kingdom is here but not yet realized. We live every day in the tension of already but not yet. That's the beauty of this season. It's already, but it's not yet. Jesus has come, and Jesus is coming. It's already and not yet. And this is the space we live in. Advent is life. This is our lives of already, but not yet. And it's uncomfortable. I don't know about you, but I never got an instruction manual for life. And so oftentimes we make it up as we go along because we don't know. And that's a scary thing for us to admit. Really scary, because we don't know and we're not in control. And the beauty of it is God doesn't call us to be in control. And God doesn't call on us to know it all. God calls on us to have faith, to accept the faith that God has given us, that we're not going to know and we're not in control. But God loves us because of that. God forgives us because of that. God knows we're, we're going to mess it up and yet God continues to come back. That's what we know. That's the story of, of all of creation. God keeps coming back and keeps coming back and keeps coming back. It's already happened, and it's going to happen again. That's the guarantee. This is the beauty of Advent. This third week, we can be in joy during this third week of Advent, knowing that God is the God of already but not yet, and we're in the midst of that. And so we are embraced by God fully already and not yet. Thanks be to God. Thank you again for listening to the sermon podcast. I'm always happy to have a conversation or pray with you. Please reach out either by email to pastor at christharrisburg.org or call me at 717-236-8382. I'd also invite you to be part of worship on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We're a very diverse, open, affirming, and laid-back congregation. Christ Lutheran Church is located at 124 South 13th Street in Harrisburg. Parking is along the street. You can enter the building through the side entrance on South 13th Street, 
We're at the corner of 13th and Thompson Streets. And lastly, check us out on the web. Our website is ChristHarrisburg.org. There you can learn more about and offer your support for the congregation as well as the health ministries and free clinics that we provide to people in need in our neighborhood. I invite you to follow us on Facebook and Instagram also at Christ Lutheran Harrisburg. Thank you. I look forward to connecting with you and I pray that you have a blessed week.